From years of anxiety to warrior and mentor, Bradley Robinson created the Anxiety Project to help you end your anxiety naturally. Let's mold the new you and let's end anxiety together. Hello and welcome to the Anxiety Project podcast. I am Brad Robinson. Here we are on episode 191 to talk about the ego, who you think you are. Are you your job? Are you the clothes that you wear? Are you the car that you own? Are you your thoughts? Are you these beliefs? Who are you exactly? Because when you move from this map that you've been following for so long into a different space, a space of awareness, you discover that you are much more than who you thought you were. So imagine you're living in suffering for a long time, years, and you decide, hey, you know what? I've had enough of suffering. I'm going to find a new path. And so within you, there's this pull, this, this yearning, And you decide to step out into the unknown. So you start to look into a class, for example. You start to learn about spirituality. You pick up a self-help book. You start to meditate. You stop seeing negative friends. You start to spend time in nature. You change your job. So you step out and you start to change things. And what happens is, things start to get better. You start to discover more parts of yourself that you didn't even know existed before. And you start to move in this different direction. Things start to change. And now you're thinking, wow, I'm more than I thought I was. I'm I'm finding out way more things about who I am because I'm moving in a different direction because I'm walking a different path. Now, I want to read you a couple quotes here from Eckhart Tolle. He says, The most common ego identifications have to do with possessions, the work you do, social status and recognition, knowledge and education, physical appearance, special abilities, relationships, person and family history, belief systems, and often nationalistic, racial, religious and other collective identifications. None of these is you. The ego says, I shouldn't have to suffer. And that thought makes you suffer much, much more. It is a distortion of the truth, which is always paradoxical. The truth is that you need to say yes to suffering before you can transcend it. Now that is so interesting. You need to say yes to suffering. Now, in recovery, the first step to getting onto this path is to admit to yourself that you need help, that things aren't working for you, that your map of the world is just faulty. 
Your mode of being is faulty. Now that's so interesting because you have to really want to get help in order to move on to this hero's journey. The ego is who you think you are. All of what you like and dislike built up throughout your whole life. Every day we encounter things we do not like. I went to get my coffee and the line was too long. And now I had to forfeit my coffee to get to work on time. And you got upset. The strong negative emotion rose up, the anger, and you decided to entertain it. You decided to brood on it and dance with that. And so you say to yourself, oh, this sucks. How am I going to function today? Because your map of the world was leave the house, get your coffee, go to work. Now the unknown has popped up. You can't get your coffee. Line is too long. You have to forfeit it. And then because the unknown pops up, that means there's an obstacle in the way. An obstacle just presented itself and the ego says, I can't fulfill my regiment. I can't fulfill this thing that makes up Brad. Brad needs his coffee. Brad has to function with his coffee. And so there's this moment where you can be aware of the negative emotion, so the anger, and you can let it go. Because when you show up, the obstacle shows up, right? You show up to get your coffee, the obstacle is there, you can't get it, right? The negative emotion. Then you, there's an opportunity there to take a breath and tell yourself, now it's a challenge. It's a challenge. And so originally, when you showed up to get your coffee and you are unable to, the ego says, the Brad that gets his coffee at this place, at this time every day, cannot match its usual pattern of behavior. And so you say to yourself, oh no. Anger comes up. So when things don't go your way, you get angry. In the hero's journey, before the hero becomes the hero, they are naive, living in their sheltered life. Now, let me just back up one step here. Carl Jung talks about the hero in an archetypal way. You know, the hero's journey is archetypal, which means that throughout human history for thousands of years, we've studied our behaviors and the best modes of being in the world, the, the best ways to tackle the tragedy of life. How can we tackle the tragedy of life the best possible way? And so we've taken those patterns and we've, We've put them out into art forms, movies, uh, plays, you know, operas. And we watch those plays, movies, operas, TV shows, and we see 
the hero and it resonates with us. And you can say, well, the movie is not true, but you can also say, well, it actually is true. It's actually like a meta truth, right? Because human beings have extracted out all of these proper ways of being in the world, how to handle the tragedies of life. And we've put them onto a screen and it connects to us, right? And so the hero's journey is this meta truth. We watch a character like Bilbo go from this sheltered, naive individual, weak guy to being this self-actualized, brave hero, and it resonates within us. We see this in the Matrix, right? Neo is working his desk job, or we see it in Luke in Star Wars. He's on Tatooine, you know, just being a farm boy. And when they get called onto the adventure of their lives, out into the unknown, what happens is that they discover parts of themselves that they never knew existed before. Remember in Harry Potter, Hagrid says to Harry, you're a wizard. And Harry goes, I'm a what? You are not who you think you are. You are much more. You can be much more. As these heroes progress through their journey, they take on more responsibilities. And so Bilbo, he rises to the occasion and he helps the dwarves recover the lonely mountain. So when Bilbo was in the Shire, He was just serving his ego, right? He was just eating and drinking and sleeping and just impulsive, weak, impulsive hobbit. Now he's moving outside of his ego and he's serving the community. He's striving to better his community, the people around him, rather than just serving himself. In recovery, I had to confront my suffering before anything else, before I could be the best boyfriend to Maggie, to, for me to be the best son to my parents or the best worker in my workplace. I had to confront my internal battles, my suffering, because I was not happy. I was anxious every day, suffering from panic attacks. I was living in this shire, in this safety bubble, and I had to step outside into the unknown in order for things to change in some way. And so I said to myself, I am suffering right now. I am not happy. What am I doing in this life that is not working? So I was asking myself deeper questions. I was looking up towards 
the un the unknown, the the stars, the heavens, and I was asking, how am I supposed to function? How am I supposed to get better? I need to get better. Admitting to yourself that things need to change is the first step. Then what happens is more resistance, more suffering shows up when you walk this new path. The ego says, this is not the Brad I know. Let's go back to those old familiar patterns. And then I would feel like a failure because sometimes I would go back. Sometimes I would step onto this journey and then my ego will pull me back and say, hey, wait a minute. Remember the old ways of being? Let's do that. I want to stick with what's familiar. And in the hero's journey, things get worse before they get better. Because the unknown makes the hero self-conscious of all of his weaknesses, right? When Bilbo goes out into the unknown, he has to learn how to fight and become a thief. He has to learn how to incorporate these new aspects into his personality, and that makes him seem like a fool, right? It makes you seem like a fool. When you start to learn something new, you have to start from square one. And who the heck wants to do that? Really? But the hero goes, God, I have to now learn how to fight. I now have to learn how to wield a sword. I have to learn the Patronus, right? Like in Harry Potter, he had to learn this Patronus to defend himself from Dementors, You have to train yourself in the force, right? It's a challenge. But once you adopt this responsibility and say, hey, I got to learn this Patronus. In other words, I, I won't, I can't handle the Dementors. I can't handle my ultimate fears. I can't handle malevolence unless I transcend that fear and you take on the responsibility and you do the work, you do the internal battles and then you come out the other side as the one. Again, I want to read a quote from Eckhart Tolle pertaining to the no man's land going from your routine going from the land of the ego into and onto this new path. He says, many people who are going through the early stages of the awakening process are no longer certain what their outer purpose is. What drives the world no longer drives them. Seeing the madness of our civilization so clearly, they feel somewhat alienated from the culture around them. Some feel that they inhabit a no-man's land between two worlds. They are no longer run by the ego, yet the arising awareness has not yet fully, has yet become fully integrated into their lives. 
inner and outer purpose have not merged. And I relate to this quote because I remember when I started to meditate and then discover Wim Hof and then discover all of these enlightened individuals, I thought to myself, hold on a minute. There's this other world over here. How did I not know about this world? I grew up in society in this consumeristic, materialism, anxiety-producing lifestyle. How did I not know about this? Why wasn't I taught this in school? Why wasn't I taught this from the people around me? And it blew my mind. It's a world of magic right under my nose. And I felt like when I moved outside into this no man's land, how what I felt was, well, how am I supposed to move forward? Where am I supposed to go? Because I wanted to pursue. My ego was holding on to my pursuit in film because I had a passion in it. And yes, I could have pursued that, but my beliefs started to change. My values started to change because I then started to value my recovery. I started to value self-help, self-development. And I noticed that working in the film industry is only disrupting that balance that I'm trying to seek. Because in the film industry, you're lacking sleep. It's very chaotic. You're not eating properly. There's a lot of junk food involved. Um, it's very up and down. Schedule changes all the time. You're living a very circus lifestyle. You're living on the road pretty much like a traveling circus from town to town. And I didn't like that lifestyle anymore. I didn't want that. It's too chaotic for me. So then I discovered, oh man, okay, if I don't want to do that, where do I go? And then I was like, well, I have a passion in spiritual growth, development. I have a passion in overcoming fear and challenges and self-development in general. And so I pursued this path, not knowing where it would take me. And it's a scary place to be in between those areas of of incongruency, right? Like I thought I knew I wanted film, but now I have more of a passion in this direction. And I decided, you know what, for my higher self, this is the direction that feels most true, truthful for me and most serving to my higher self is that direction. You going through this life change is no different than those hero journeys you admire on the big screen. You are becoming the hero of your life journey. And yes, you have to go out into the unknown, but it's better than where you were. It's better than being anxious and suffering. In the unknown, that's where you discover these amazing parts of you that you never knew existed. You are stepping out into the unknown. You're incorporating new empowering aspects of your personality and then returning to the community, so the relationships around you, 
and you're sharing what you learned. You're taking that with you into your work environment. You're taking that with you out into the public, right? And you can be confident, secure in your own skin when you're out into the chaos because you know how to handle the chaos because you've been on the hero's journey, right? So now you know techniques to release trauma, techniques to release negative thoughts, how meditation has changed you. You know things like cold showers and exercise and low-carb, no-sugar diets. And now the people around you go, wow, Brad, you've changed. What did you do? Or they don't like that you that you changed for the better. And in that case, now you know that that relationship is not a healthy one. And that's useful for you too, right? Because now you know, hey, maybe they're not the best person for me to be around. Because when you change, right, it brings out their insecurities. It brings out their inadequacies because they could do more. And they know it. And so they look at you and say, hey, you know what? You shouldn't probably change because you're making me look bad. That's what's happening internally, right? And so they sometimes pull you back into your ego ways. So make sure you are aware that that can happen. So pay attention. Awareness, right? Awareness. You have to first be selfish with a capital S, Before you can be selfless, you have to be selfish. What that means is I'm not meaning selfish in the ego sense. I mean, the ego dies when you begin to serve your higher self. How can you take care of the people around you if you can't take care of yourself? I had to go on my event at uh, this adventure of recovery the relationships around you may understand why you need to go on this adventure or they may not but you have to do it the information that you need to change is outside of the shire you are currently inhabiting the world that you are most familiar with is the world of the ego the shire your safety bubble if you are not happy about where you are if you're anxious if you are stressed out if your world is in chaos admit that tell yourself things aren't working right here and right now What I'm doing every day is not working. That is an awakening process in and and of itself. Eckhart Tolle says, the moment you become aware of the ego, it is strictly speaking no longer the ego, but just an old conditioned mind pattern. Ego implies unawareness. 
awareness and ego cannot coexist. That is interesting. He says, ego implies unawareness. You're just in your automated routine. And then when you get out of the automated routine, when you step out into the unknown, all of a sudden you go, whoa, 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 whoa. Where was I before? Where was that old Brad? What was he up to? I felt like I was un- I wasn't even in control that whole time. And it just shocked me. Because I I stepped out of that pattern and you inevitably you, you inevitably construct a new perspective over your pattern. It's only when you step out of it, you recognize this new perspective. Imagine living like a muggle in the Harry Potter universe and never realizing that there is magic all around you, right under your nose. You can be more than you are. Please share this podcast with someone who you know to be struggling, who is suffering, because you may just change their life. And that's where I'm going to leave you on today's podcast episode. Thank you for being with me today, talking about this very powerful subject, the ego, and how we can dissolve this strong attachment. Do not let anxiety define who you are. I will see you on the next podcast episode. Bye for now. Brad's Powerful Anxiety Recovery Program is now available at unpluganxiety.com. The Anxiety Project Program is downloadable and puts the power of anxiety recovery in your own hands. Visit unpluganxiety.com for more details. Recovery starts now.